relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Show me a movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror films exclusively directed by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable having their work included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me today is the always amazing... Ariel. Hello. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm doing good. You doing Very good? You're hanging in there? Today. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. I'm going to need you to like raise the vibrations today a little bit for me because <laughs> I am, after three years of standing strong against COVID, that bitch got me. She got me. No, <laughs> she got me, gal. <laughs> But don't worry, it's not totally up to you to raise the vibrations because we also have the most amazing guest today. Like we are geeking out. A true horror aficionado is amongst us peasants. <laughs> <laughs> we are completely obsessed with, so prepare, brace yourself for fangirling. Emma Wolf, aka Spooky Astronauts, is joining us today. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> I mean... There's very few things in life that I enjoy more than like a spooky lady, like someone who appreciates <laughs> the genre. So should we tell the story of how we met? Yeah, you for tell sure. The story? Or or I can. It's up to you. Why don't you well, tell I want to know from your perspective how it went down because <laughs> it's very, okay. very different from mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was – you and I both work in like horror journalism to some degree yeah. and – we were in a virtual junket for Scream 5. And this was like one of the earliest of these virtual junkets that I had done. So I was not totally familiar with the sort of vibe of them. But basically, it's a it's a Zoom where they just drop you in with a bunch of strangers. There's one person who's sort of like old school operator moving us around between press rooms. But there are long stretches where we're just staring at each other, a group of strangers. And it's silent. It's like elevator rules. Nobody says a word. When suddenly I got like a DM. It was from you, Spooky Astros. And you're like, hey, I think we're in this press room together. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, a friend. Thank God. Give me something to do in this room. (laughs) So that's my side of it. What's your your remembrance of this? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. I got up at 4 a.m. that day to make the time zone. Um, And, yeah, it was one of – I've done – I think I did one other one, but might have been after that. Um, mm-hmm. that's been like that and it was it's very yeah it's I don't I don't know how much I like those kinds of things because I get up I know this is bad to say but no, it's a great opportunity true, and I absolutely love it but yeah I got up at 4 a.m and I talked to the co-directors for maybe four minutes and that was it yeah oh really and 
Yeah, and every question I gave them, they gave me like a very rehearsed answer that they're probably given every single other person. Oh, so I'm like, why not just like send out an interview that you've already asked these questions <laughs> and say you can put this on your channel or use it wherever? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was it was bizarre. Uh, but yeah, I got put into those rooms and no one's talking, and I'm like, this is our opportunity. We obviously all like horror. Like, this is so weird. And yeah. because I had the, I don't know if you had the opportunity, but I'd already seen the film and no one else had seen the film. When I get lucky, I get really lucky because I'm in a not a small town. I'm, I live in Perth, Australia. But when I get these opportunities, they let me see the film early. And so I'd mm-hmm. gone to the cinema and I saw Scream by myself in a whole cinema, just oh, me wow. and the security. And it's like such a cool experience. Um, and then I want to talk about it to everybody. I'm like, all these people may yes. know the same thing I know and no one yes. else knew, especially then with, you know, what happened in Scream 5. Like it was pretty brutal with – I don't want to give spoilers, but the OG characters, if you still haven't seen it, it was a very brutal time. I'm like, oh, my yes. God, people are going to freak out. And then no one's talking. Um, and then I saw you, and you looked very approachable as well. And I looked, <laughs> I looked up your name, and I immediately um, recognized uh, the website you were from because I'd been on it a couple of times. Oh, and I was yay. like, oh, I'm going to connect. I was just <laughs> – <laughs> because no one's saying anything. It's so weird. It is. Yeah. Those junkets are so strange because it's also like long stretches of just sitting there and then they just sort of dump you into a room and then you have to like be on because you get yeah, like four I or five minutes. Yeah, I never start them good. Do you start like <laughs> – I'm always so awkward like, oh, are we on? Ha! And the person's yeah. like, two minutes left. <laughs> I'm sad to report I do them all all the time. Wow. And so, and I have gotten 0% better at them. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, Lies. that's, I mean, I like, I'll, okay, 5% better at them. Oh my God. <laughs> but like, they are very strange. They, you know, they, it, when you go to write the article later and you have like four minutes of sound bites, that's great. Mm. But the actual making of it is always like, because you want to get that like rapport a little bit. Mm. And then, yeah, it's it's always super weird. But that was like one of my favorite ones I ever did because I made oh. a friend. Yay! <laughs> did you just speak to the directors or did you speak to the cast in that one too? So I didn't talk to the directors. I spoke to oh. the cast. Yeah. Oh. I, they I didn't give me the better. directors. I think that might be better sometimes because they It depends. Like, they're a little bit more chill, I think, like a little bit less rehearsed and scared about how it's going to come off. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I did that for to... Nope. Yeah. Oh, oh to... you got to do Nope. Did you get to talk yeah, to Jordan Yeah, but I Keel? just got to the cast. Um, no, oh. just the oh, – I forget his name. The guy who plays Angel. But he was lovely. Um, but I felt like he was a little bit more of like a wiggle room because he was like an up-and-coming actor. Mm-hmm. This was his first big film and he was like really yeah. excited and trying. It was so funny though. As soon as he finished talking to, him, to me and he thought he was off camera, his face just drops. From, like, oh, <laughs> no. But like, you know, I, it yeah. must be really hard to be on for hours. Um, yeah. But yeah. I would imagine you're probably at the beginning part of a junket because of the time difference. Like sometimes I'll get the end where I know it's the end because they'll be like, okay, uh, that's a wrap at the end. And you can tell like when you get into yeah, the room and they're just I'm like not, yeah. dead eyed. <laughs> <laughs> I think for Scream it was pretty much the end because I heard everyone wrapping up all the right. time. But yeah, oh, it was, geez. yeah. The other ones I do, I don't do those ones so often with the whole Zoom stuff. I get, Mm -hmm. I have like a peer company in Australia that team me up with um, talking to people. I've done, uh, I did Rory Culkin and recently I did Brandon Cronenberg and I get to talk to them (gasps) for like 15 minutes and it's like full on chat. The PR (laughs) lady I know drops me in there. It's not like this awkward waiting room and it's so nice. It's so different to those things. I don't like those things. They scare me. (laughs) They're intense. They're intense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I had to do one one with Eddie Murphy once and he was (laughs) 
I'm very curious about the Brandon Cronenberg. How was the vibe of that? Because I feel like he's either the most interesting or the most awkward person on the I planet. Love I'm him. obsessed with him. But <laughs> I love him. Um, he was. He's just a very yeah. He's a very strange man, and he. I I didn't even know what he looked like before I started looking up like his interviews before doing it, and he just looks really unimpressed <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so I got a couple of laughs out of him, which was so good and oh, good for the thumbnail. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. I just, I honestly just, it's so good having those more conversation ones where it's instead of just firing questions. Yes. Um, there's a lot of different places you can go. And I just try and make the the questions more suited to what I want to know. So I asked him about yeah. like gatekeeping and horror and stuff. And he was really happy to answer a lot of stuff. So I'm really saying it's interesting that I think I did actually see that <laughs> COVID brain. I blame COVID brain. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was great. He was absolutely great. So yeah. The one which was my favorite one is the one I did with Rory Culkin because he, I can't, I don't know if he does this to everybody. But he said at the start of the video that he was a fan of me, which was like threw me off completely. I almost started crying. <laughs> because I was like, that's, I'm like, I don't know if you're buttering me up, but I don't care. Like that was the best thing, best soundbite ever. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah he's, he's another person who's like funny, but also very odd. I feel like every interview yeah. I've ever seen with him, like he's just a little strange. He's in so much religious um, films as well. I yeah, like brought that up true. to him. And he's like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I'm like, okay, dude, right. how did you not think about this? I guess yeah. he did because he did that like uh, the last thing she's what was that? I don't remember what it was. Last yeah, the last saw. thing Mary saw. Yeah. And he was yeah. in Under the Banner, that um, Mormon right. one recently. Yeah. I was in a couple right. of things. I forgot he was in that. That's and so he was in Waco, I think. Mm. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. I love him. At yeah, Lords of Chaos, great. which is my fave, which is why he knew who I was because I made a really embarrassing video like no. <laughs> like, obsessed with that, video, <laughs> no. that movie. And then in the, in the interview, I said to him, I'm like, changed my life. I was like <laughs> losing my mind after, yeah, he said he knew who I was. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, that movie changed my life. It didn't really change my life. <laughs> but I love that film. You got to anyway. do it. You got to fangirl out a little bit. Like, what's the point yeah. of doing this if you aren't going to be like a little bit of a fan? Oh, yeah, right? I'm, I'm only a fan. Like, a lot of people call me like a critic, even though I'm like certified Rotten Tomatoes critic. Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make set you guys off when I say tomatoes. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> I I honestly I'm just a fan. Like that's the whole thing. I'm not good at any of that stuff. I just yeah, fangirl like everyone else. Which is fun because it comes that's from that perspective. Very that's humble. What, yeah. yeah. Oh give yourself some credit. <laughs> <laughs> I am honestly. Also, I feel just like a fan. being a fan like that it makes you more genuine, you know? Like you're mm-hmm. a yeah. fan just like all of your audiences too. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you try and like, yeah, I try and attack things that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You also talked to an, another one of my favorite all-time filmmakers, Mike Flanagan. Oh, is, yeah. That was me a good and, Me and Mike are buds, which is okay. so freaking weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. He's incredible. Like, I, as a fan, a million years ago, I'm sure I've told this story on here, but I'm going to tell it again. So here we go. A million years ago, I won, like, a Dread Central contest. Oh, like, cool. this is back when it was owned by, like, Uncle Creepy, like, a million years ago. And it was... <laughs> A live watch of a horror film with the Q&A with the director, like, just on chat, like, on Ooh. AOL chat afterwards. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was Absentia, and the director oh, was wow. Mike Flanagan. So, like, I am, like, an old school fan. Wow, that is <laughs> yeah. old school. That is old school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tracked down, have you ever seen his first film ever? 
Mm. I've got to look up what it's called. It's like the it's such a wild film, um, but you can find it on the dark deep web. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, I as soon as I talk to someone once, I should probably put this out there as a disclaimer. I'm like, there might be FF. It's <laughs> like a joke I have running. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as someone acknowledges me, I'm like, new BFF. Um, <laughs> but I definitely adopted that from him. Oh, the Ghost of Hamilton Street is what it's called. He's first. Ooh, one. You got to look that, that up. One. It's like very, but it's so interesting how his style has not changed production value obviously and um his color grading is very distinct but like he has not changed at all as a director which i really really love um he's still like that softened sappy Mm -hmm. yeah he has so many different um signatures um but i did make up for gerald's game i was going out one halloween night and i did like the whole hand with it's on my instagram my hand like ripped off because it's such fun makeup, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I put it on Twitter and that's – he started following me. And so I DM'd him because <laughs> I, I do not that's delay. Awesome. <laughs> he well, seems like such well. a person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Some is. people, like, they have yeah. a persona, but he actually seems like a person. Oh, which... he is. He's so cool. And so, yeah, then I just started asking him to be in my videos sometimes. <laughs> I was like, can you – because I, I did a ranking of his mm-hmm. work and I said, look, I'm going to do this ranking on you. And if, if you wanted to just put a clip in quickly. And then he gave me like 12 clips talking about all these different things. And he did an intro for my video. And so like that, now when you go to my yeah. YouTube channel, it's the first yeah, thing that yeah. comes up. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Mike Flanagan being like, I love spooky astronauts. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, the, the channel, let's talk about the channel. The channel is incredible. One of my favorite things are your deep dive ones where you talk about like unseen films, things like that. And like oftentimes when you watch those videos, you're like, I mean, I'm a horror fan. I've been watching horror movies my whole life. Mm. And like when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. When I see mm. those lists. But like you actually Find some deep cuts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To the the bottoms of the internet. But I also, it's really hard because it's funny you say that because I just put out a video um, that was a little bit different to what I normally do. Normally I try and do like 20 movies so that there's something there for everybody. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, like there's this whole thing with retention rate and all this on YouTube. But I'm trying to play more into, you know, actually listening to what YouTube tells me to do. Um, (laughs) And I only, I put up one with like just five underrated movies from like the 2010s and even though doing that I you have to still play the game where you have to do movies that are obvious enough but then less obvious to some people because people still it's so weird but people want to see on lists movies they know and I don't know why because I want to see things I have no idea what they are yeah me too but they feel I guess validated um knowing and being in the know so you've got to have that sweet spot where there's just one movie they don't know so they go oh I trust what you're saying I get what you're saying but there's like one recommendation so I find it really hard to do that so when I do those lists I make sure I find at least one that probably you haven't watched yeah, yeah it's it. a very sweet spot but I like <laughs> I mean I'm, I, I totally agree when you're looking up stuff and you cannot um find any lists that don't that show something that you've never seen but yeah. that's what I try and watch yeah. I like all the disturbing weird <laughs> stuff online that you yeah. no one talks about <laughs> yeah. yeah I also <laughs> really love the videos that you do where you like it's a come along to the theater mm. video especially especially in 2020 because australia obviously handled the pandemic way better than we did Mm. over here 
And so you were able to go to the theater while I was stuck at home without a vaccine. Mm. And there was something like, (laughs) yeah, like very kind of cathartic and like really nice about going with you to the theater when I couldn't go for so long. You know. Yeah. And you know what? I get a lot of comments from Americans who still don't go to the cinema because mm-hmm. of things going on. I think it's changed a lot there. It's actually quite interesting because where I am, we live. I live in Perth, which is the most isolated city in the world where it's mm. in conjunction to the other cities around it. Um, but in Melbourne, I don't know if you heard this, and I'm not too much COVID talk, but they had the longest lockdown in a like yeah. in the world. So it's like we were actually yeah. in the opposite where we got out in like a couple of months. But yeah, the first movie wow. I went and saw was Empty Man and no one talked about it and that uh, you've probably both seen it it's mm-hmm. so freaking good and it i was so wild. lucky to, i felt so lucky to see that in the cinema as well like it was yeah so, so good cool. but yeah i love doing those videos they're so fun and it's such an interesting thing to come straight out of the cinema and trying to explain something without any spoilers it's like a fun yeah. challenge for me and it's <laughs> I get home usually. I usually go by myself. I get home to my husband and he's like, what movie did you see? I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I've already, I've already been over with everybody. We've already got it out. I don't You're have like, to smash the subscribe yeah. button. Hit the bell. <laughs> Watch the video later. Yeah. It's, it's You'll hear all cool about it. It's so cool because that's why I started a channel, really. I didn't really have anyone to talk about. Horror is such like an uh, like a personal experience for me. I don't really watch movies with other people. So hmm. being able to talk about it and people actually care what I have to say which is wild it's like you get it all off your chest and you talk about it with other people who understand it and you don't have to do all that kind of wishy-washy oh I could never watch a horror movie you know I don't know if you've spoken to people when you explain what you do oh yeah yes yes. that's great that makes you so interesting believe me That's so yeah. interesting. I mean, like, horror is such a communal experience. And my, like, my mm. horror fandom started at slumber parties. Like, that is oh, the yeah. origin story. So what is your origin story? How did you get into horror? Well, I think I always, I mean, I always used movies as escapism. And I did uh, video editing in, even just in high school. I remember we had to, like, me and my friend, we wrote a letter to the principal so we could do it for like double semesters in a row. So I've always been into like doing some kind of like artsy kind of stuff. And I was always into video editing and I used to have a camcorder and make like little, you know, stop frame animations and all that oh, kind of stuff. So cool. cool. Yeah. I've been doing that. Like editing is like my thing I've been doing my whole life. And I guess, yeah, when I was in video class, we started learning about directors, not really so much horror, but pushing the boundaries and that always like disturbing movies and with, you know, childhood trauma and all that good stuff. You always <laughs> get really interested in how dark people like push, how much people push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So, I mean, it started with stuff like Fight Club and all that kind of stuff, but then it got deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think that it's just horror just makes sense for that because that's where all the dark stuff is. So it kind of landed that way. But I used to watch horror movies all the time, like 2000s horror movies with my stepsister we used to watch you know just all the really cool bad ones you know um and yeah I guess I saw it from that point of view and it's it's more like I like dark cinema I would say because I love thrillers as well but Mm -hmm. horror it it just makes sense you know what I mean yeah, yeah, no, I like all the lists you do for like thrillers or like cult movies, things like that, mm. because we have like similar tastes, but you you really do, like you said, do these deep dives. So there's there's always ones that I pick up on. Also, those videos you do um, at the end of each month where you like catalog mm. everything you've watched, there's always something on there that I haven't checked out yet. I'm like, okay, I love that people like that. It it's just, oh, that's so nice. And it's yeah. just so nice that people like listening to me talk such crap because <laughs> I do. I honestly do. 
But I think it's endearing when people are just honest about it instead of, I don't know, yeah. I mean, I do scripted uh, reviews and all of that kind of stuff, but I think it's fun having a balance where you just have videos where you can just chat. Um, Yeah. So that was like one of the videos, the letterboxed wrap-ups that um, I created that like format that a lot of people use now, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. I've been doing those for like seven years. Um, But yeah, I still forget the movies I've watched anyway. It's funny. Sometimes people <laughs> remind me, you've already seen this. <laughs> you've spoken about it before. I don't know if that's, that's ever happened funny. to you guys, like where you've gone to research a movie and then like an article or something you've done has like popped up. Oh, has yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Rachel is always saying like we will be talking about a movie and I'm like, oh, I don't think I've seen that. And she's like, we literally did an episode. We did an episode five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking that. about? I feel that. I literally, I looked up like a, a movie, some like obscure like video nasty one time. I was like, okay, sh- should I try and find this movie? I'm trying to look it up in, you know, the, d- the deep web because that's where all those videos hide. And then it's just my review and I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I obviously have an opinion. Or you like, I don't know if you read back things. Things to to find out your opinion and where you stand mm-hmm. on movies. Yeah, it's I so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go back and you edit your videos and you look at them. And so you probably have a little bit of a memory. I have this thing where because Ariel is the editor on the show that like the minute that we wrap, like mm. it's just like amnesia. It's just my body, my head's mm. just like dump it out. And then she'll come back and be like, you said this. And I'm like, oh my God, I did. <laughs> Holy <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Okay. So you said you like dark cinema but like since we're going to be doing a review today we like to take like a little baseline and tell our listeners what are your favorite horror and I guess dark cinema films so they can kind of get an idea of where your taste lies yeah (laughs) that's all over the place (laughs) with horror with horror I hate saying my favorite movies but Uh um, you know what it's like you can't choose I don't know if you guys are the same it's just oh yeah it's it's crazy there's so many um but the movies I tend to like say I guess to give you an idea which yeah, are all going to be quite random. Uh, Pet Cemetery, I, I love that movie so much. I don't know why. Did you hear that, Ariel? I do Did you that, hear that? Thank you. Do you not like it? <laughs> we have this ongoing thing because I watched it and I had forgotten that it's one of Rachel's favorite movies. And I was like, I don't know that I liked it that much. And she was like, what? And now, A lot of people don't. Yeah. Everybody that I've come in contact with thinks I'm crazy and loves the movie. So oh! I think they need to <laughs> so emma is a person of taste continue please (laughs) i just think it was so it has like every element you know what i mean it has the creepy kid and then it has like the trauma of the the sister like that's so creepy and then the whole atmosphere of like the cemetery and i don't know it's just like i don't know it's so hard not to gravitate towards stephen king and i hate Mm -hmm. feeling myself do it so often but it just it just happens like this okay (laughs) Um, the other ones, I love Us, which is very kind of left field for me because it's more of a slasher, which I don't usually gravitate towards. Um, but I just love every single thing about that film. And so many people think his other films are better, but that is like a five star film for me. I I love every single part of it. It's amazing. Yeah. I think I saw it like four times at the cinemas. It's so good. And I always think (laughs) the remake of The Ring. (laughs) I love that movie. Yeah, that movie's amazing. (laughs) I love that movie too. I rewatch that movie like every few years. It's so good. It's so good. So scary. And so, yeah, so perfect. I love the character of Rachel in there. She's just so complicated and complex and she's like a mother, but that's not like who she just is in that movie. There's just so much to it. Which I really like. Great name. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots to love about Rachel. <laughs> um, and I guess for like dark cinema, like uh, Gaspin Away, like I love that kind of stuff where it's like, mm. yeah, in your head. I love the movie Love by um, <laughs> by him. But yeah, I don't know. I like dark stuff. I like Todd Solence, um, like a lot of stuff he does, just strange palindromes and things like that. Um, so yeah, kind of all over the place. I guess I just like anything that's uniquely dark and challenges the viewer. Yeah. Um, mm. And I'm not afraid to, to like, a lot of people have lines. I don't really have a line with any movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try it. You know, Salo yeah. isn't my favorite movie, but I'll try it. <laughs> that's fair. I yeah. And if it is, maybe don't say it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my biggest reviews is for a Serbian film. Um, which actually converted me the most amount of subscribers ever, but it's also the video I get the most hate on. So that's really interesting because I like the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I remember seen it. So oh wow, yeah. I remember that movie dropped and like every whore dude I knew was like shooketh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, they can't hang. They can't hang Emma. Oh, it's I get it though. It's wild, and, and it's hard to yeah, it's hard to defend. But I have a video defending it, which is so weird. But I love I that. Know, I'm sticking though. to my guns for that one. I love that. <laughs> do you have? Okay, so I know you you don't want to say your favorite movies, but ones you like. But I am gonna. Do you have a favorite woman horror director? Um. Yes, I Ooh. hate pronouncing her last name, so I'm sure you can already guess, and I'm sure it's everyone Is it has this answer. Now, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Julia. Yeah, um, Titan. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love, good. love, 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 and raw. I think that's probably that's a really easy go to, but it's I find it really hard to like sum up. Um, directors by just their work like I find that hard as is mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah Jennifer Kent as well because she's Aussie Nightingale um, Babadook I think for like that's an obvious answer so, yeah no but those yeah. are great I I keep trying to push the Nightingale, Nightingale yet. <laughs> I know listen you have the power you get to pick every other episode you haven't picked it yet <laughs> I'm gonna make it happen it's yeah. not that it's yeah I mean it's hard to watch but um it's done but really it's well. so good yeah 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 it's worth it it's not as grueling as I don't know it's hard to say that because like <laughs> where is my baseline exactly right, yeah. the same. I mean I feel like, like it's to... not that bad <laughs> traumatize people <laughs> I feel like we're getting a picture when we get into what we're actually watching tonight like it's all kind of coming into place for me I'm like I'm understanding I'm, even better. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel so, like I have some uh yeah some regrets with what I chose for this oh, which no. is gonna oh, get... no. <laughs> well, no. that'll make the review interesting I'm very yes here Okay. All right. Okay, good. Okay. So like I said, I love that you are you are about those deep cuts. So <laughs> what are some films that people you think people are sleeping on and or filmmakers you think people are sleeping on or both? Um, one is not I mean, I wouldn't say it's I don't know if it is a deep cut. Have you guys seen Good Manners? No. I have not. It's a Brazilian creature feature, little werewolfy one. Um, quite wholesome, very wholesome. But it's directed by uh, a woman and a man, uh, co-directors. And that's Ooh. one that I think a lot of people um, sleep on uh, that I thought was worth mentioning because, yeah, it's a cute one. It's You know when they have the really cute fantasy, um, for- foreign horror is so good with fantasy. Um, so, and you don't really see too much coming out of Brazil uh, recently. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah, that's one I would definitely 
put down. Um, anyone listening who wants like a little bit of a oh, say family watch? I, I cannot recommend. <laughs> People are always like, what should I watch with my kids? I'm like, do not ask me that. I'm not <laughs> equipped for that answer. Um, that's a good one. And another one that's more of an independent film is Low, the one about the demon, the musical about the demon. Have you seen that? No. Low? That's a good one. Yep, L-O. I think it's probably available just to watch online in some places. Yeah, it's an indie movie, but it has a fantastic premise, and I don't want to ruin what happens, but it's just beautiful. And um, it's, yeah, it's very low budget, but it's one of those films you I just always wanted to see redone, probably with the same director, but just like a bigger budget. I think it's just not appreciated enough, and that is definitely a movie I'd recommend to people who are looking for deeper stuff. Yeah. Write these down, Ariel. Write these yeah. down. Yeah, I'm glad I got two that you <laughs> haven't seen. Low is great, though. I think you'd both really like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to check yeah. them out. Awesome. Okay, great. Okay. So, last question. Like us, you watch a lot of horror films, even more than us, apparently, because <laughs> we had not heard of these. One of the things we both, you know, sort of mourn is our ability to be scared by movies. It's very, very rare to like genuinely get creeped out. Like I remember back in the day, like when I saw the original ring in the theater with a room full of people, I was still terrified. Now, like I just am dead inside. I'm just a husk of the poor (laughs) fan I once was. What was the last horror film that you saw that genuinely scared you? So this was very recent. I haven't had a nightmare after seeing a horror movie in a long time. And I did not predict this, but after seeing Bo is Afraid, I got nightmares. Really? Wow. I haven't got a chance to see that yet. I've seen it twice, which is a huge commitment because it's three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Spent six hours watching it. Yeah, it just, it really plays with the idea of, yeah, surrealism and, um, this kind of uh, toxic, uh, what do you call it, um, fever dream. And it's, the, you know when you, have you seen Mother? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. the same thing when you're like, get get off the goddamn sink. And they won't get off. And do you know yeah. what I mean when they're jumping yep, yeah. on? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's the same feeling where you just cannot escape, which does feel like a nightmare. So I don't know if, it, yeah, I guess it is scary. If you're, if you're distressed in your sleep, that's definitely a, a movie that... Um, did scare me recently. Um, but I think uh, Barbarian as well, when that came out at the cinema, that was really scary. Like the whole yeah. tunnel scene, the start of that film is like very intense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel the same. And I I think it's really interesting when you like talking about film bros where they they say, oh, you know, nothing scares me anymore. I'm like, that's really sad. Because <laughs> yeah. like what what else are we watching for? Like yeah, that's what you so want. You're chasing that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but don't. I mean, I can watch Paranormal Activity any day and I'll be scared. So <laughs> that movie freaks me out. I love it so much. It just has the same effect on me as it used to. Every time I watch that, I watch it like at least twice a year. I watch the oh, first two. So cool. I love them. I have to like take my partner to go to the toilet with me. <laughs> so, I find those films so scary and they're so they simple, really which creepy. I love. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. I miss the time where I used to like get in the shower and only wash one eye at a time because I had to like <laughs> yeah. keep an eye out like a Samara was coming out of the drain. But, like, yeah. <laughs> I used to get so scared and it's such a rare occurrence Mm. so when it happens even if the movie's not very good if it scares me i'll like it i will defend smile which is not a great (gasps) movie i was gonna say i love 
love Smile. That scared that movie. What did we? We thought scared it was really me. creepy. <laughs> I love that movie. I, you know, okay. I put it in my top ten of last year, and people got really angry that I didn't put Terrifier too, but I put Smile. <laughs> I know. Right? I would have done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, we are meant to be friends, yeah, Emma. I'm yeah. sorry. Like it, it is ridiculous how much we agree on movies. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, no, Smile was so, and I that's what I thought of too because it has that kind of, that feeling of those movies at that time that were all really like, scary to us, I guess, um, yeah. the early 2000s kind yes. of thing where the effects were yes. just right and the darkness was just right and the yes. movie magic was like meeting in the middle and it was mm. just that and then we got over it. We grew up a little bit. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if Junko jeans can come back, why not like early 2000s or <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. Amazing. Okay. So speaking of movies that maybe you don't love, but hopefully you love talking about, you picked our movie today to talk, and we're (laughs) going to be talking about Chained by Jennifer Lynch. What made you pick this one for us? Well, to be honest, I went through your list and you'd covered everything I wanted to talk about. (laughs) I think I brought up 10 movies and you'd covered every single one. And then I found, I was like, oh, I wonder if she's got like one more that I haven't. And yeah, I was like, oh, Jennifer Lynch, what is she? Oh, yeah, of course. I I know this movie, at least we can talk about it. I think I did a review on it way, way back. But this rewatch was a very interesting experience. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so sad when that happens because you put your like, your I guess your voice behind something and then later you're like, hmm. Maybe that was a product of its time, you know? Yeah. I've had that happen before. Recommend something yeah. and then go back to watch it and be like, and you're like, hmm. uh-oh. <laughs> what was I on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was I feeling that week? <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. This was a first watch for me. Was this a first watch for oh, you? Yeah, Ariel? I had never seen it before. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah. I mean, it was one that I kept meaning to get to, but because, yeah, I just – there's so much, you know? Like, mm-hmm. things just sort of get yeah. lost in the shovel. And I have this – I don't know. I love Jennifer Lynch because not even like I I I have a soft spot for boxing Helena. Like I know not everybody feels this way, but I do. And so I think surveillance is actually pretty excellent. But really, I just love her because she wrote The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, which was totally <laughs> formative for me as a teen. Like, I got the book, and then my mom looked at it and read ahead and, like, hid the book and put it in an, in an actual safe in our home and oh then God. forgot to lock the safe oh once. <laughs> so I is- absconded with the, the, li- the, the diary and then got to the parts that I wasn't supposed to read. And I was like, highlight, highlight, share with friend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I just have a soft spot for for Jennifer Lynch. Um, but yeah. All right. So, Ariel, yes. I realized on the top of the show, I did not ask you if any weird occurrences have happened in your very strange PT Cruiser filled neighborhood. Do you have any <laughs> any adventures before we get into this? Yeah, it's this other kind of neighborhood. Talk about this with a new guest on who doesn't know the whole backstory. But like, essentially, I live in this little suburb of Portland, Oregon, where oh, you live in Portland. I, yeah, Aww. or just like <laughs> weird things happen all the time. Um, I like I've seen way too many of my neighbors having sex outside. Is kind of what I'm trying to get. <laughs> or it's like a hippie lacking thing? clothing. I mean, it's not like there aren't that many people that look like hippies to me in my neighborhood. Uh, 
I don't know. Isn't that like the it's thing, strange. the stereotype there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Berkeley, California, like Oakland and Berkeley, um, California, and which was in like the 80s and 90s, just like chock full of hippies. And there was a right. guy who like used to ride around Berkeley naked on his bicycle. He just wore a little <laughs> vest and that was it. It was totally normal. <laughs> right. I love it. This is just a little weirder because like there's also fornication involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? A lot of activity. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And it ain't paranormal. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, I haven't seen anything for a while because like eight, nine months out of the year here, it is raining and cold. But right. the sun has come out. And oh, no. That means like people are lacking clothing again. So like I was taking a walk the other day and I oh, saw God. this woman out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> oh, dear. Who uh, was wearing a dress and I looked over to like see what the dress looked like because it looked cool from like the corner of my eye. But when I turned my head, I realized it was not a dress that she was coming to get her mail just with, like a towel wrapped around. But then she saw me and got startled and oh no, the towel, <laughs> no, the towel dropped. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I have a new theory because like it was, I guess, sort of my fault <laughs> for looking at her. <laughs> It's your fault. What the heck? Don't say what, you're that. You're just scaring the clothes off of everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have a theory. Like, is okay. there some sort of like alternate version of it follows that ha- is happening to you? <laughs> that like the reason that our friend whose parents live in your neighborhood has never seen the sex cult is because they're invisible to them because you've been it followed by the guy, on the, <laughs> oh like God. the naked guy with the vest. Like he's like <laughs> naked person. It followed you. <laughs> that. I mean, that would make some sense, honestly. <laughs> I could see that being true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Occam's razor. It isn't its fault. If you start situation. walking around your neighborhood like multiple times every single day, you start to see people being weird. It just mm. is true. People start, mm. people are weird just in general. I also <laughs> go for walks and I've seen zero balls. <laughs> okay, that is true. But I know from personally speaking with you that you have witnessed weird things in yeah, your neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No sex cults, but definitely well, like weirdos for sure. Listen, for sure. it's just one of many reasons why I want to move, okay? <laughs> I mean, it, our, our podcast will suffer, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice to have you back here in the Bay Area. <laughs> awesome. Okay, now let's like hard transition into a totally different tone. Sounds good. Let's it do is. it. Ariel, for yeah. anybody who is new listening to the show for the first time, what is our spoiler policy on More Deadly? Okay, so our spoiler policy is that eventually we're going to spoil the whole movie. And this movie does have a big twist at the end. So if that's something that bothers you, you should go watch it on Tubi. It's free. You can watch it there. Um, But before that, I'm going to tell you about Jennifer Lynch, the director and the making of the movie. And then we'll give you some general thoughts, non-spoilery thoughts. And Rachel will give you a heads up when we're going into the spoiler zone. I shall vamp. I shall vamp and give you time. All right, Ariel, tell me about this director and this movie film. Okay, so Jennifer Lynch directed the movie Chained. She is the daughter of filmmaker David Lynch, who's probably... Never heard of him. (laughs) Most famous. (laughs) No idea. For Eraserhead (laughs) and Twin Peaks. And I have this written down, but Rachel has already told you that she wrote the Twin Peaks book, The Secret Life of Laura Palmer. (laughs) So... I even have it in my notes, a favorite of Rachel's. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I guess I've told that story before. <laughs> so <laughs> her uh, her experience in the film industry actually started when she was working as a production assistant on her dad's film, Blue Velvet, another one of his famous ones. 
So the next thing she did was when she was Can I just say that's like God tier level of like accidentally watching a sexy movie with your parents unintentionally? (laughs) Ooh, did that happen to you? (laughs) No, it happens to you. (laughs) Not with blue velvet. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying, like watching your dad make blue velvet is the God tier level of you accidentally watching like a sexy movie with your dad. that. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's like, no, dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> put down the, put down the weird mask, dad. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when Lynch was 19, she wrote a script for her first feature length film, Boxing Helena, uh, that she would go on to direct when she was just 25. So even though she had a famous dad, I had a very hard time finding anything about her childhood Uh, You would think there would be like lots of stories out there about that. But other than the fact that she went to art school and that she was born with clubbed feet for which she had to have surgery and she wore bars on her legs. And this this disability experience of hers was and how she was treated is kind of what inspired her to write the script from Boxing Helena. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sadly, Boxing Helena did not go well for her. There was a lot of controversy behind the scenes. <laughs> and then when it premiered, there was like a huge feminist outcry about the film and the gender politics of the film. She was also accused of nepotism <laughs> and the film was critically panned. So, uh, yeah, eventually we Not may cover me. <laughs> <laughs> eventually we may cover boxing Helena on the pod, especially if like a guest chooses it. But if you're interested in more about the history of that film and like the lawsuit that happened behind the scenes or Rachel, in my opinion of the movie, you can or go Bill back Paxson's mesh shirt. Lots of things. Yeah, lots of things lots are of, covered. Lots of things. That guy's <laughs> missing now, isn't it? He, yeah. Julian yeah. Sands. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I only talked about it recently. I only watched it for the first time very recently recently oh, i spoke really? about it in a video and everyone was like bad timing like and i was like oh my god i had no idea <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so sad so people yeah. on the internet had commentary oh. i am shocked <laughs> <laughs> shocked i say <laughs> but uh yeah we covered it on the zombie girls podcast last december so you can go back and track down that episode if you're interested all right so after this absolutely abysmal experience. She took a 15-year break from the industry. She returned in 2008 with the film Surveillance that you were talking about earlier, which won the top prize at the Sitges Film Festival. And it did really well critically, like it it got a lot of good reviews. And then in 2010, she co-wrote and directed a Bollywood slash Hollywood crossover movie that was filmed in both English and Hindi at the same time about a man-eating snake goddess. And it was called Hiss with three S's. She filmed it on location in India, but unfortunately, again, there were some behind-the-scenes controversy that just kind of seems to follow her from set to set. It led to Lynch not even claiming this movie as her own. She shot the film, and she edited together kind of like a rough-cut director's version of it, but the producers did not like the direction she had taken the movie in. So they took the film back to India, edited their own version, and then released it to terrible reviews it currently has 16 percent on rotten tomatoes it was not good apparently that sucks i want to see the rough cut yeah i know at least the rough cut that bad how can anything be that bad though yeah that's that's a good (laughs) question (laughs) i mean 
Uh, so in an interview with St. Louis Magazine, she said of this experience, quote, it's like being really nauseous and hoping you can throw up, but not being able to. I went through several years of sorrow <laughs> over that. It was one of the most significant losses I've had in my life. She said that she oh, loved so the experience of spending like nine months in India shooting the film, but that she was Bet. deeply resentful of the producers because they ended up keeping her name on the film as the writer and director. And so her terrible experience making that movie was also then turned into a documentary called Despite the Gods, which you can watch on Tubi if you're curious. Ooh, oh, okay, that I that do want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think we should do like a Patreon bonus episode where we review it or something. Oh, yeah. good idea. Yeah. So then in 2012, Lynch co-wrote and directed the film we're reviewing today, Chained. She uh, shot this serial killer movie in just 15 days on a budget of $700,000, which, you know, we've watched movies with a tiny percentage of that budget, but in terms of like Hollywood movies, it's nothing. That's like almost no money. So the original script was actually written by Damien O'Donnell. And when she read it, she thought it was really powerful, but just not a screenplay for her. Apparently there was a B plot with detectives investigating the murders and oh. that to her felt like something she had just seen too many times before. And also, I guess the killer was called the Dicer. That was like the only way he was referred to. And <laughs> he killed people by torturing them. And so oh. it, it kind of veered too much into like the torture porn lane for her taste personally. Mm. Mm -hmm. So she said in an interview with HeyYouGuys.com, um, she said, I felt the women were made simple and victimized even before he got to them. Torture porn has a large has a large audience and many folks are great at telling those stories. I'm just not one of them. I wanted to explore the idea of a real human monster. And she said later in that same interview, I love scary movies, but I wanted to deal with the monster who does not wear the mask. He stands next to you at the grocery store and you don't know how dangerous he is. So, <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> so she took it in a you know a different direction from the original script she added to it. All right. So the MPAA actually gave this film an NC-17 rating for, quote, unquote, some explicit violence. <laughs> Lynch and the producers appealed this decision, but they ultimately lost. So it got stuck with the NC-17 rating. What? Yeah. So apparently, man, am I just like a desensitized monster? Because that's shocking to me. It's shocking. I feel to like me it's too. very restrained in its violence. I mean, a lot of it happens <laughs> off screen where you're just hearing the noise, <laughs> I right? Not. I mean, no, it's definitely a scene that is very intense oh, between. Yes. Oh yes, yes. That's yes, true. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the vi like the, I the blood and the guts. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Touche. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're not totally wrong so just a second first of all boxing helena apparently was originally given an nc-17 rating too but lynch appealed that one and and won her appeal so it was knocked down to an r but this one she lost yeah. her appeal i can see that though yeah. yeah i mean i can too for that movie for sure the LA Times at the time said that they were surprised by this rating because the MPA usually doesn't hand out that rating of NC-17 based solely on violence. Like it's usually if there's sex and violence together is more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So Lynch said that the board told her it was because the violence was too real. So, I mean, they had didn't come out and say that, but that's what she said she was told, so. 
Fun fact, the woman in the cooking show that they're watching, yeah, you know, the one who's smoking yeah. while she's cooking, that's Jennifer Lynch. Yeah, oh, so. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I love when directors do that. I know. M- a very M. Night moment. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little less strange than little... his. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like the Lynchy element. It's such a strange little thing. I should have yeah, known there was something. Yeah, you're right. Especially being on a TV. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. true. So Chained was the last feature-length film that she has directed so far. After she directed that, she went on to direct two short films. And then since then, she has had a very successful career directing just a ton of really popular TV shows, including a bunch of horror TV shows like The Walking Dead, Teen Wolf, Wayward Pines, The Strain, Ratched, American Horror Story, and even that Netflix Dahmer series that got so much oh. kind of hate. Yeah. <laughs> so all Ryan Murphy stuff. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of Ryan yeah, Murphy yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, She's friends with Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> so she said in interviews that she loves working in TV because you're sort of forced to work really quickly and solve problems fast. And because she loves to tell stories and this way she gets to tell a lot of them. She also, Rachel, you will be happy to know, has directed episodes of Psych. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. She can do some feel-good stuff. I like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So unfortunately, I don't have any information about what she's up to next, but it doesn't seem like she's slowing down on the TV shows. She just directed a bunch of episodes of that new Gossip Girl show for HBO. <laughs> uh, so my guess is okay. she'll continue doing that, but it doesn't seem like she has any plans to go back to feature films. Sadly. Hmm. So. so funny. This is totally unrelated, but I thought of it and I'm my if I don't remember to say this to you now, I will forget. Okay. But I just <laughs> was watching that new upcoming show, Fubar, the new Arnold Schwarzenegger action thing. Okay. And like a bunch of the episodes of it was di- were directed by Holly Dale, who I don't know if you remember, directed yes. Blood and Donuts, one of our earliest episodes. That is wild. Like I was she like, was one of those people that kind of left what? the industry. Yeah. What? I like went to the IMDb's and I was like, what is happening here? And it was confirmed. Yes, Blood and Donuts Holly Dale is directing a wild. bunch of like Arnold Schwarzenegger action comedy episodes. But yeah. Interesting. My mind's yeah. blown. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Awesome. So let's get into like our non-spoilery thoughts about this movie. Like if we recommend it, what worked, what didn't, without getting into major plot de- details. As our guest, Emma, we would love to know what you thought of Chained. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) It's really funny because I read a a bit about um, what Jennifer Lynch said about not wanting to promote kind of torture porn. And I do feel like this film kind of flails in that because it's, it doesn't really, she said she, it doesn't show much about the victim. She doesn't like films or whatever that show too much about the victim before them getting killed off or don't show enough about the victim, which is exactly what happens in this. Like, you don't learn anything about anyone. Women characters probably doesn't pass the Big Dell test at all. Probably wouldn't. No. Uh, I don't think there's even two women in the same room at the same time. I don't think so. Uh, Yeah. No. Which is a major for me because, yeah. Um, And I also found a quote that she said that uh, she wanted to find a movie. I probably should look up the actual source of this, but wanted to find a movie that promotes a dialogue about child abuse, which uh, we go into like some some like flashbacks and stuff about what happened to this killer beforehand and, uh, you know, things are touched on and his childhood kind of like comes into play where we're exploring his psyche. But um, I, I just don't know if like any 
anything is really fleshed out enough to give conclusions to any of that. Uh, yeah, I found the film to be disturbing, but a little bit um, shallow because it is a very A to B point, you know. It's exactly what you said it was. That's kind of it. There is, like, as we said before, there is, like, kind of like a twisty kind of end, but really it's I, – I don't know if we should be promoting the story about a guy who looks normal at the grocery store and then goes and kills people. Like, what is the story there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like, that's – for me, like, what is that? I think it's really well performed and um, it is – it does get under your skin, but you are watching – just this thing play out that you know exactly where it's going to go. So for me, like this time, it felt like very flat, where the first time I saw it, it was more shocking. I guess once you get past that, there wasn't much more for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious what I would think on a rewatch now hearing your your take on it. <laughs> but it's desensitized, I think that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> as we mentioned, yeah, I'm not going to get into flashbacks and stuff, like what actually happens in them, but um. That is very brutal. Things that we see are very brutal. And things that I'll allude to I think are always more scary when we're talking about the ratings. I definitely Mm -hmm. agree on this having a higher rating. Um, You know, I always think about like Texas Chainsaw Massacre with having no gore technically, but that's still a movie I wouldn't suggest young people to watch. No, it's so disturbing, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen, totally off topic, I don't know if you've seen Women Talking. That recent Mm -mm. film, it's based on a Mm -mm. book and it has very inferred violence. You don't see anything, but it is so disturbing what is said um, or just shown in like one of the scenes that you have to kind of put together what it what's happening in your head that okay. I think that some of those films should be higher rated. I don't know if it's I've never really cared about ratings in terms of like when I watch a film, if it's a PG horror or whatever, I'll just right. take yeah. it as it is. It doesn't bother me. Um, I know some people really don't want to see PG horror, but um, I do get as much uh, the older I get, the more I do think that we should be restricting some of the content because some of it is really damaging. And I would probably watch this film when I was. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been, yeah, 25 or something like that. But um, I can imagine, like, the nightmares things must give you. Like, it's wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I think it yeah. should be. Like, it's, yeah, the inf- what's inferred, the, viol- the violence that's inferred, the violence that is put a- upon women senselessly in this film doesn't make too much sense for a female director. I don't know if that's, like, a weird hmm. take. No, no I, mean, I don't think that's a weird take. I mean, I think yeah. that there's something to that because she, yeah, she did say in interviews that she wanted to make something where, yeah, the woman wasn't just like a faceless, nameless victim. And I don't think is- she really successfully accomplished that except yeah, maybe with the final one, but you still don't really know anything about her. You get like, you get emotional moments with her, but she's not a mm-hmm. character really, you know? Right. Mm. Right. Um, I just wanted to say I just pulled up that um quote is from independent um dot co UK um interview with Jennifer Lynch where she says that about yeah um she wanted to promote a dialogue about child abuse. I just don't really gotcha. think you do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Flashbacks, you know, like this yeah. happened, you know. Yeah. I'm a little ashamed that I had completely forgotten about that. <laughs> I was just defending our <laughs> rating on this. <laughs> no, I don't feel. That's fine. It's cool to have discussions. That's what it's all about. You know, it's funny because right. like in the article I was reading about the NC-17 stuff, she's like, I don't really disagree with them. I don't think kids should be watching this movie either. But then she did say like, but a, si- a 16-year-old who's like discerning and can go with a parent who can talk to them about it, that's totally fine. So it should be rated R, essentially. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I was an idiot when I was 16. I don't want to. <laughs> 
I would I mean, not need same. to see this when I was 16. Because <laughs> no. it's like, it definitely, yeah, it glorifies a lot of stuff. It really does. I know a lot of people like to say that, you know, films don't do that, but you're not always developed in the way that you're going to be able to process things the way you should. And especially as a teenager going through different things in your life and trying to relate that somehow to this kind of film, it could go the wrong way real easy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I see what you're saying because there is some kind of like disturbing extreme stuff that happens in the film. I don't know if I go quite so far as saying glorified just because like the the guy himself and like the lifestyle we're shown in the movie is like so grim and bleak. Whereas there are serial killer mm-hmm. movies I've watched where it's almost like that mob movie thing where, like, they seem kind of cool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That feels yeah. Like and I get, I, yeah. But I, I, I get what you're saying. I, from. Yeah. No, and I understand that. But I think a lot of things when you're a kid, you see something that's like edgy and then oh, you yeah. kind true. of find it cool. For sure. And like, even that's something that I always relate to. I don't know how much you guys are into skins, like the UK skins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the t- that's like number one. It makes so much sense why it was all glorified. These kids like with all of these issues, deep issues, and it was just like this fun party times and like a kid's like you know overdosing in the back, right. the back room, and everyone's like so cool. I want to do that on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and even though it's meant to be seen as like this really gritty thing, it falls into because that was that show where it came out here was SBS, which is like a free to air um, network. And it was shown really late at night and it wasn't made for kids. And it just totally mm. turned into this thing that was like this kid drama. People. It's like euphoria. Like, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think like when things are watched in the wrong perspective, sometimes they they take stuff. Because I would have thought, oh, my God, edgy, cool. Like, right. I really like this really dark movie. And not that I would go out and kill people. <laughs> but, um, right. Yeah. I just don't. From the perspective, it's kind of sad to see a woman doing that from that perspective, I think where like films like um boxing helena at least have some interesting discussion that can be that can come out of it i guess mm, mm, okay um, yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair <laughs> I don't i'm know gonna say is. positive things about this so. <laughs> yeah no i want to hear okay, okay, Rachel, I'm I'm gonna disagree about boxing helena too. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah listen i know i know but i like the power dynamics of that were so interesting i don't know all right ariel what did you think of this one <laughs> Okay, so I think I probably fall somewhere in between the two of you, just like gauging from how you're responding right now. I mean, I have criticisms. I have criticisms. Okay, okay. I just <laughs> negatively rate it, by the way. I gave it like a six out of ten. So okay, well, there you go. Um, but there are things I really liked about it. I mean, first of all, that very opening sequence is very creepy and upsetting. And honestly, the closing scenes. Uh, the like last little bit of the movie really sold me on it too. I know that a lot of people like when I was looking up stuff about this movie were very critical of the twisty twist that happens in this, but I just, I'm a sucker for a good twist. Uh, (laughs) I didn't expect it. And that always Mm. kind of makes me smile, you know, (laughs) Yeah, when you can get me on that. Um, I also, I think I like the idea of focusing a movie on this sort of quiet, unassuming guy. He's kind of schlubby, you know, um, and what it would be like to be trapped with him in this house. You know, I think it's it was a really interesting idea. So I liked it like that. And the twist here I really liked. But I will say that I agree with you, Emma, that I think a lot of the beats that happen in this movie 
are pretty standard fare for like a serial killer film. And I don't know if that's because I've just watched too many serial killer movies, but it like there was nothing that really that seemed different or like surprising um, about it until that little end bit. I think that one of the things I've learned after watching Boxing Helena and then this movie is that Jennifer Lynch knows how to make Careful. you uncomfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Boxing <laughs> Helena, there are a number of scenes that made me like deeply uncomfortable. And I think this movie did that same thing, you know? I mean, I think even the fact that it doesn't really have much of a soundtrack, like it only shows up in a couple places in the movie. And a lot of it, you're just hearing, you know, sounds of violence happening or just like quiet in the house and I think it adds to that creep factor of the whole thing so I don't know I definitely have some criticisms of it that we'll get into I don't think it's a perfect movie by like any stretch but I did think it was interesting fair enough well I mean I feel weird saying this now but I kind of enjoyed this movie but (laughs) listen we're horror fans we're drawn to dark stuff like this is a safe space for weirdos (laughs) it's fine so so yeah I largely enjoyed this film I think partly because I'm always interested especially now in this sort of exploration of like what makes a monster is it nature is it nurture Mm -hmm. you know and can it be unwound you know I because I feel like so we're surrounded by so many monsters or it feels like we are because of people's access to Twitter, you know, like that I I am always kind of intrigued by that. And I find that compelling. And so I found that aspect of the film pretty compelling. Um, and I think a lot of it is due to the performance of Vincent D'Onofrio, who I think is always amazing. He, nobody does like homicidal dead eyes like Vincent <laughs> That's D'Onofrio. That's true. He's very good like, at that. <laughs> go back to Private Pile, to the Demon King in the cell. Like whenever he shows up, you're like, oh, we're, you're in trouble. <laughs> you heard. And then because like he has this ability to not just like perform malevolence, but like to he almost sort of like exudes this atmospheric cloud of malevolence when he (laughs) turns it on and there are moments where you feel genuine fear for rabbit because he really does feel dangerous yeah he feels sinister he feels unstable in a way that like if you have been around someone or in like in an abusive situation like you know that the danger of of navigating someone mm. like that and people can be performs that in in film but rarely do i really feel like a sense of the atmosphere that is created around it and so he i think is elevates this film quite a bit with his performance um and i would say the same is true even though she's barely in it for julia ormond who she's sort of in an opening act of this film and her escalation of fear and rage was almost hard to watch because, yeah. like, it landed so effectively for me. Um, I would caution people who are who find sexual violence, uh, even when it's largely off screen, to be uh, a tough thing to handle. Like, this is going to be a rough go. Oh, because yeah. it is just like a sequence of kind of scenes of that to some I mean it's it's restrained in that it could have been so much more explicit but but it, it's there and you hear a lot of it the sound mix on this thing and the the way that it's done like the the mm. way that the violence is presented so unstylistically and so sort yeah, of like riddly realism like it's a tough go but mm. we're a bunch of sickos so 
you know, <laughs> proceed yeah. uh, accordingly. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I preferred like inferred like violence, like where mm-hmm. it's pointed at. I think it's just the imagination of it just runs wild instead of putting, you know, it's like reading a book. Like you can imagine so many different ways in just hearing or reading a couple of words um, mm-hmm. compared to when they actually choose to, yeah, figure out how to block that and how to film it, what angles. I just, I think it's so much more powerful. So yeah, oh, for yeah. that, I totally right. understand. And I can understand the female perspective from not filming that as well. It's yeah. more, so much more terrifying hearing that happen in the next room than seeing it sometimes because you yeah. can only imagine what's happening. Yeah, And you're not caught up by like the technical aspect of like yeah. how it's being made. Like you are just mm-hmm. in the moment because your brain is doing all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. I did not love the twist so much. I <laughs> only because it, like, it kind of just left me sort of scratching my head a little yeah. bit. Like, I'm it, with you though. Like a- up until this point, a lot of the the sort of, even though I don't, I agree it did not open a dialogue about child abuse. I do think some of the like exploration of how monsters are created is kind of subtly done, which we'll get into more like specific things around books and whatever. But this felt like almost like it was tacked on like because of yes. studio interference a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, I like, didn't you get any of that from uh, any of the interviews, but I do think you're right. I mean, listen, it's a goofy kind of twist. I thought it was cool just because I like dumb twists like that. But in the context <laughs> of this movie, you're, it doesn't make a lot of sense because so much of the movie is like very dour and somber and kind of based more in reality a little bit like it's trying mm-hmm. to keep the realism there um where it feels a little more like henry portrait of a serial killer than something more mm. you know bombastic mm. or whatever but mm. that <laughs> the twist does come out of left field and like totally yeah, like suddenly like we're twirling different. our mustaches villainy and then it goes right <laughs> yeah. back to like realism again you know yeah. I, I kind of have a have a um a theory on why it's mm-hmm. the way it is, but I think we should wait for. We'll save it. We'll save it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna write it down in case I forget. Don't forget. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So overall, I would, I would, I feel like I would mostly recommend this movie, especially because yeah. it's available for free on Tubi, and especially because it has a nice, tight ninety minute <laughs> runtime. Love, love that run ninety time. minute runtime. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, let's get into the spoiler zone because, like, I want to I wanna hear what you have to say, Emma. Now I'm dying to hear the theory. So this, for you out there listening, this is where we get into spoilers. We're going to talk about the ending. We're going to talk about the beginning. We're going to talk about the middle. We're going to talk about the twists. <laughs> and there is one which we have spoiled that a twist exists already. So are were we always in the spoiler zone? I don't know. This is me vamping. I'm running out of things to say. So you've had your time. <laughs> Grab your phone. Hit the pause. All right. We're in the spoiler zone. Here is the synopsis courtesy of moi. The film opens with a young boy looking at bloody driver's licenses. So that feels like a bad sign. There is a ring of the doorbell, which sends him scurrying to open the door and in walks a man with his captive. Off camera, we hear him assaulting her while the child listens on horrified. Nice family fun, friendly heartwarming for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Great stuff. Anyways, so from there, we step back in time. We see that same boy. This time he's with his mother. They're going out for a movie. And the father tells them, like, I know the actor's name is Jake Weber, but I'm always just like, not Tim Roth. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So he's like, listen, I know money is tight, but your safety means everything to me. So please don't take the bus. That's where the murderers are. Take a taxi. Here's some four, here's $40. Stay safe. I love you. We'll get a puppy. 
So they go to the movies, they call a cab, or they, a cab arrives miraculously right on time. They hop into it. Turns out, bad news, it is the guy from the opening scene. He takes him captive, eventually killing the mother and keeping the boy. He gives the boy a new name. He's now known as Rabbit. And he lays out the rules for him that he can he has to do whatever he tells him to, that he has to help with like the collecting of trophies and the burying of his victims. And he can only eat whatever is left on his plate. So nice and dehumanizing. The terrified boy agrees. Rabbit, I guess, agrees, um, though he does try to escape by breaking out of the attic only to be caught by the man who's waiting outside for him, who then chains him inside the house, hence the name of the film. Years pass, Rabbit grows up, uh, he's now a young man, um, and we see some backstory, <laughs> as we discussed, of the the, uh, the man whose name, I think it's Bob, Yeah. in flashbacks of like the horrifying abuse that he um, experienced at the hands of his, his parents, specifically his father. And as time goes on, he kind of develops something soft spot adjacent because i would not say he has a soft spot for rabbit and decides that he needs to educate him uh, which he does with books about psychology and anatomy eventually he decides it's time for rabbit to get his first taste of a woman and forces him to pick one out of the yearbook the man abducts that her and brings her home to rabbit who seemingly kills her but actually he's just used his knowledge of anatomy to only injure her uh, Rabbit tells the man he's ready to go hunting. That goes poorly. And back at the house, Rabbit and the girl succeed in finally killing Bob. Rabbit returns home. In the twisty twist, everybody, here it is. He returns <laughs> home to his father. We think it's going to be this amazing. Who's remarried. Son, who's remarried and like has had a major glow up. There's a fancy <laughs> car in the driveway. The house. Nice house. Yes. in the house. You and they can afford a dog. Through. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. You wanted the puppy. Yes. So it seems like this is supposed to be like this amazing reunion, but it turns out he is there on a mission of revenge because Twist, his father, is actually the younger brother of Bob, who has paid Bob to take kill his wife, take him captive, and then they get into a fight because guess what? Turns out the guy's kind of a dick and <laughs> and dad gets family. killed. <laughs> I yeah. know, right? There is one nice person in this movie, and that is the mom who is like, child, oh, yeah. stay upstairs, uh, other child that is not mine, go run free, and I will I will take the rap for the murdering of my husband, which I'm like, that is generous. Yeah, she was good. Yes. Um, he runs home, and we see him go home. I don't know. Did you guys both listen to the credits? Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Okay, good. So over the credits, we hear him going in, sort of going through the motions of some of his uncle's habits. And yep. that is chained. All right. We are now in the spoiler zone. So Emma, hold <laughs> nothing back. Talk to me about this movie and your feelings about it. Um, Mike, I have a lot of questions about what the, the situation with the uncle. They never met the <laughs> uncle? <laughs> they didn't know that they had a brother? Nope. Do you know what I mean? And yep. How did, yeah, the whole thing about him finding out. And then how did the dad know? This is, okay, this is where I'm going to blow your mind. How did the dad know that the uncle was a killer, certified, you know, serial killer going out, you know? But well, here yeah. is the here is okay. the real twist because she Jennifer Lynch said that she wanted to make a movie about a guy who's, you know, can be the, the normal guy at the supermarket next year or whatever. Yeah. What if she's not talking about um, him? She's talking about the dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I was because, assuming that he was like a killer too, and that that's why. Yeah, he was, 
brother could because oh. what if the real Maybe monster of the film is is the dad yeah because yeah. he's the guy who is living normally and he has a whole new family so is he really like the monster because he's the one who like fed fed the the kid and the mum like that's it's so wild yeah <laughs> i don't it even know what it is <laughs> i understand the twist from that perspective that's what i think because yeah. Then it makes sense. It doesn't feel tacked on when you realize that the real, I mean, of course they're both monsters, but the real monster was um, the brother. And then you wonder where in the flashbacks and stuff, where, were the, where was the brother? There was no hint. And that's what I don't like. I do love a good twist, but when they're not giving you, like the best thing a movie can do is give you those breadcrumbs that you just don't put together. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it seems so obvious these days, you know, when they like, they find the locket or something like that and it comes around at the end and then that's the same person or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's almost like you're looking for it now whenever there's something that's a little bit off. And I felt mm-hmm. like they didn't even include anything to twist it around just because they didn't want you to know. But that's why it feels tacked on. Yeah. Because how good if they just in a photo or something like that, it made it appear like there were two brothers or he had a brother in the background well, the of those flashbacks. Is in the flashback. He's oh, he peeking is? peeking around the oh, corner I in totally the flashback. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is like there is a, such a tonal shift too. Yeah. So Yeah, I think that's I, mostly why it feels so weird. I feel like yeah. there needed to be like one or two more breadcrumbs. Yeah. So that yeah. like okay. when it got there, you weren't it. like whiplash. I was traumatized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't blame you. Well, was, during, was it during that scene? Like yes. The, yeah. yeah. He's okay, peeking around the corner like, watching. Oh. He's watching it happen. And so when I was watching it, the only reason I really remember it is because yeah. I was like, which of the two is he? And then yeah. Okay, and then I, I sort of moved on. Like I, I kind of forgot about oh. it. Well, there you um, go. That's justified, I feel like. But. Yeah, I feel like the good, like the interesting thing is the switch because when he's mm-hmm. he gets home and he's like, "Dad, I haven't seen you for." The dad doesn't go like, "Oh my god!" Like he's like he's literally thinking, "How the frick did you get out? Like what yeah. happened?" Yep. And I yeah. think that's a really cool aspect, and I wish they would have played on that a little bit more or given mm-hmm. it a little bit more time. Maybe he gets back and he's there for a couple of days, and then he realizes or something like that. Because I just mm-hmm. wish we found it out with him in some kind of twisty way well, instead of I just being yes. like, I know what you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think having yes. such a big twist like that, it probably would have been better if the scene hadn't been just like five minutes long or whatever. Yeah, that's needed, the problem. It needed yeah. to be longer. I did really like, uh, what's the not Tim Roth actor's name? Jake Weber. <laughs> yeah, Jake Weber. <laughs> I did like the moment that he got confronted where you saw on his face and in his like tone mm-hmm. of voice him gonna. switch yeah. to like monster mode kind of. Yeah. I thought that was yes. creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have no complaints about performances in this film. Okay, like I do. Oh, <laughs> go for oh, it! Oh, look at this. Okay, so I love Vincent D'Onofrio. I just want to say that outright. Here we I love go. Him so much, Here and I'm like go. a nerdy Law and Order fan. So like, I really <laughs> love Vincent D'Onofrio. I thought his choice of accent was weird. The way that he speaks, where he has this like emphasis on the last letter or syllable of each word uh-huh. this like strange intonation that he does yeah kept pulling me out of the movie because it was just such an really? odd choice yeah okay interesting yeah. i think that's a, i think that's a fair point because i did think about that too and it makes you more curious to his background and now you know it ties back into them being yeah. related it's even weirder because they don't sound alike or even like they're from the same place. I, I well, totally get that. Yeah. I mean, that could be intentional. I, when it would be then, interesting to go back is so to watch that first episode or first incident when like he's still like low, like low budget version versus like when he is now like 
like I wonder if he quote code switches at all in his accent between the two scenes. Mm. The dad? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Like I'm curious if maybe like there would that would be like another subtle hint that we didn't pick up because it was so subtle. Maybe but that's such a weird hint, isn't it? Yeah. But it would be cool if it was there. Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> think it is because like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Real weird accent, like right away. But there he was much a... more working class, like when we first meet him versus when we meet him later. That's yeah, why I'm wondering. Fair. I get that, if... but like I've heard working class accents. It's not like I'm some rich kid or something. <laughs> like I understand what people sound like, and it's a weird no, choice. I'm not saying that's a work. I'm just saying he is different at the beginning than he is at the end. So I'm that is the no, basis for okay. why I wonder if like we went back. <laughs> If there would be hints there, that's all I – don't start with me. <laughs> don't fight with me in front of company, okay? <laughs> I, just, I think that the whole – he's the first wife. Is, it's just such an odd thing that he she never knew that he's had like a brother that lived probably really close because mm. Rabbit knows how to get home. Rabbit doesn't even know how to drive a car, by the way, and somehow he drives home. <laughs> And that's his first time driving, you know. That was his first time seeing the car again. You see that yeah. realization in yeah. his eyes. How do you, how old was he when he went there? That's, Nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so what? You know years. how to drive a taxi home? And he knows where his house is, so it's not very far. How did yeah. he have a whole uncle living in the sub? Like, was this whole plan? Like, what kind of plan is that? Let's have a a wife and a kid and wait until the kids this old and then kill them and why didn't he just kill them themselves i mean like the whole thing doesn't really make much maybe sense. maybe it's like he thought he could have a normal life so he got married and had this kid and then like hated the whole thing but couldn't but bring himself to deal? but maybe he couldn't bring himself because they were like his mm. actual family or something so but he was then like it seems I'll hand worse. Over my serial killer brother yeah that seems worse i'll get him to torture I don't them know. like just poison your family <laughs> god perfect. he'd have an alibi i don't know i kind of feel yeah. like maybe it's kind of the perfect crime if you've got a serial killing sibling that nobody knows about right and you can be like hey everybody decades? i'm at work today see here yeah. i am razzle dazzle <laughs> but if he got caught it would be connected straight back to him do you know what I mean? Like that's his right. brother. And I, I actually, I didn't even pick up until you mentioned the movie again. And I thought that was really interesting, what, the conversation we were having about ratings and stuff, because that comes in at this at the start of the film when they talk about, yeah. oh, we'll go see that movie. You're not meant to see it, right. but we'll see it anyway, which I think is quite funny because that's exactly yeah, what we were just talking true. about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, meta. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, okay, I'm going to say something nice, <laughs> which is I have really appreciated sort of the setting. I felt that the house and the set design was pretty effective. Like, Agreed. I loved all the sort of sickly yellow tones inside mm. the house and how empty it was. Like, you know, it could they could have gone a different direction and made him like a weird hoarder. But instead, it's like this very sparse, utilitarian sort of – like, it's almost like a physical manifestation of – what's inside Bob's mind, that it's like decayed and full of tools, but like no simple pleasures. Mm. So yeah, I, I also think it's choice. effective that you are most like almost the entire runtime of the movie takes place in just these like two rooms, like the kitchen and living room. You hardly see any other thing in the movie. And because it's so empty and dark and this kind of like you were saying, this sort of washed out yellow sepia toned kind of tint to it it mm -hmm. does make it feel creepy and kind of claustrophobic you know like what would it be like to spend 10 years within these four walls mm. yeah. <laughs> on the counter i was just thinking about <laughs> other films that i really appreciate that um kind of have the same subject matter yeah. and the whole um i really like films that have 
the the whole premise where you're isolated somewhere that people are surrounded like room i'm sure you've probably seen room absolutely fantastic movie and you're trapped in somewhere that's in a suburb um and all of those kidnapping stories that are based on true stories are effectively that like you have no idea what's going to on in someone's basement or someone's you know in the house and um and it's also they play on the element then of the psyche and how they've kind of molded these people to believe that no one's going to help them and that the outside world's like scary and you never really see that with rabbit he never really switches like he plays the part but he doesn't get into it so um i mean i liked the location i thought it was it was it looks good and you have to wonder if that's the family home as well like maybe that's where things because yeah you know i'm going into all the things i'm like how did this killer be off (laughs) (laughs) grid? but yeah i think it's like yeah it's it's a very interesting i think the taxi is the part that i really not enjoyed but you know i really uh valued in um the set design and just the idea of it a taxi driver driving around because it really is the perfect crime because it's anyone who can get into a taxi yeah and yeah we see that where someone randomly gets into his taxi he doesn't want to like he's literally picking people um yeah. and that is scary stuff so i, I thought yeah. the taxi element of it was really cool even if it was called like taxi cab or something it i said think that comfort that which i thought was like a very yeah. ironic t- name for the <laughs> And it's also a commentary because a lot of women traveling by themselves and in Ubers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's like more something that people um, talk about these days. And how scary it was when we used to take cabs everywhere because there was no tracking really (gasps) where you're going or anything like that. Yeah, that's actually a good point. (laughs) You could just like hail a cab and it's just some – Yeah, and it could be anyone. And that's the thing. Like it could be anyone. So. I yeah. think that that was really effective. And I think it's on uh, – there's a couple of different alternative posters, but I think it's on one of the posters and I really like that idea. And I guess if you want to go and you want to reach, it's like the the yellow of the taxi cab is kind of like with the yellow of the gritty um, yeah, house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You're right. It's, it's like an extension. He pulls it into his house, into his garage, and then when he leaves, he's still leaving encased in this sort of like nicotine-stained yeah. yellow sickly color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah, that, I like that, Emma. That's so good. <laughs> I do have a bit of reaching. No, no, no. no, no. I like it. I love it. I also liked how some of the things that happened, like, changed the way that Bob treated Rabbit. Like, the scene where that guy and his son get into the backseat of his cab and he's, like, abusive. Mm. That's what kind of spurs Bob on to, like, teach him stuff. And, I mean, obviously – He's also trying to create like a serial killer protege, which is not great, but it's just <laughs> weird, like it's this weird thing where there is this odd affection to Rabbit, you know, where he they get yeah. in that yeah. fight and he's like, I'm more of a dad to you than anybody else. And which is <sighs> ironic now that we know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like actually well, did know your dad. He's like, you're and- so ungrateful. I'm the one that stayed. No, 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 think- no. <laughs> yeah. The thing that's really interesting about that is he can only really relate to someone if it's a, a male character, yeah. um, mm-hmm. having the guy in the backseat and all of that. And that's what is so wild about this whole thing because obviously he had some stuff with his mum and uh, like then he kills a, a mum straight up at the start. And it's like he has no sympathy for for any women in the whole no. world, only men. They're so all it's just like, like faceless, quote-unquote, whores, you know. Yeah, and I anything. just thought – 
it would have been so much more interesting to have it wrap around somehow, maybe having that, um, the woman who comes in and um, Rabbit kind of saves, I don't want to say be friends, I always say be friends, saves more of a character because yes. as I a woman director. Be. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I thought so too mm-hmm. because it seemed like we were going to spend more time with her either in that room mm-hmm. with him or like after when she's hiding or something mm-hmm. and that we could have gotten more story in that yeah. time span, but it all sort of starts happening pretty quickly at the end. Yeah. That would have been right. so cool to flip into her perspective yeah. while she was waiting there. That would have been such a cool element. But yeah. yeah. And I also find that the part where they've, um, he used his, whatever he learned to, of the anatomy to, <laughs> To slice her. I'm like, could you not just slice yourself and put some blood on her? Like, <laughs> I don't know why we're we're slicing people up just for fun. I mean, it's just to be fake. I think he thought that Bob would have come into the room come and murder her if he didn't yeah. really see, see him of... actually do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so there is like the speech that Bob gives about like all oh, women are whores. Yeah, you know that worked less <laughs> for me. Yeah, <laughs> only because it was so on the nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, as a D'Onofrio fan and a fan of this performance, <clears throat> like I, I, I think he did the best he could. But the material was just very like kind of like misogyny one on one. What yeah. I thought was done well was the use of the books. I thought that was really an interesting way to get at the way that. Bob really objectifies mm-hmm. women and does and dehumanizes them, and that he sees them almost like like instruction manuals. Yeah, like the psychology the is not about their humanity; it's about an instruction manual. Mm-hmm. And then they're like physical parts. Like we at mm-hmm. one point see him showing, like doing surgery on a on an organ, and being like, "Diagnose what you're seeing in here." I almost wish there was more of that as well, because mm-hmm. I thought that was a that was a wrinkle that I haven't necessarily seen in films like this or like mm-hmm. explorations of like monster creation is like mm. different ways other than just like the like the horror aspect like the mm. madonna horror aspect like getting into them as like just a like a corporeal thing that can be dismantled i thought mm. was an interesting wrinkle yeah i mean i think you're right because i think a lot of the things like the beats the plot beats that happen in the film and the sort of serial killer trope stuff that happens is pretty predictable we've seen it before a little bit surfacey but there are some interesting parts to it too i thought that like the surgery stuff you were talking about but also even the scrapbook i know that's something that we see in things a lot but just the way that like rabbit was forced to do it and the fact that when it cuts to black at the end with the credits we hear him cutting through paper again like he mm-hmm. was adding to the scrapbook even after Bob is gone or even yeah. the like the burying in the basement stuff. I mean, that's like you've seen that a million times before. It's very John Wayne Gacy. But the putting the like treasured element on top of the grave, I thought was interesting, too. So I wish mm-hmm. there had been more of that stuff, maybe. Mm-hmm. Get into mm-hmm. the psyche. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I, I found it really interesting because a lot of these films where we do study the the mind of a killer and how they feel about women usually go back to abuse. And, I mean, this is – obviously this can come from so many different ways, but the sure. stereotype of it is, like, the mum has done something mm-hmm. or something has happened. Even if the mum's cheated on the dad, that's usually <laughs> one of the ways they try and draw it out. But we never see anything <laughs> negative happen to him causation from a, from a woman. And we see the dad is, you know, the, the guy who's – running the show in the flashback. Right. And so it's so weird that he just sees – I think it 
from from my mind, it's a way to protect himself for what he did to his mum. His dad mm. made him do, where he's like, okay, well, women are just objects and I'm going to keep proving myself to my dad um, in my head that I am worthy by having sex with, like, these women or, you know, taking control of them because that's the only way that his dad kind of, I don't know, pressured him into it and got some kind of, you know, you're a real man kind of thing. But it was really thin. And, again, that's just why when we go back to, like, all of these quotes from the director, it doesn't really make much sense why it was meant to be from a different perspective and not torture porn because it really does have all of the same elements. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. have those shots. So I don't know. Yeah. There are some interesting things in there for sure, but I just felt like there should have been something more to give it that different perspective. Um it reminds me, sadly, I'm, I know you're both going to cringe when I say this. Okay. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> what movie about a woman chained up in the backyard? The woman. Oh, oh the Have Christina Ricci woman? one? Oh, no, woman. Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, oh, I was thinking of Black Saxophonia. That's what I was thinking of. No, I love that movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Woman, which is like, is it the woman or woman? Yeah, I think it's just the woman. Yeah, yeah I it's the lucky. Ma- it is. No, yeah. no, no. Is it lucky? Yes, Ma- it is. Okay, it is. Honestly, that dude, he drives me absolutely up the wall because <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love, love May, and yeah. then I just don't know what happened. Like I honestly like right. what happened <laughs> yeah. because that. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about the woman, but like that is just straightforward. No buts, ifs. And it, then that's where I feel like I was going into that kind of um, territory with yeah. uh, Chained because I'm like, are we just getting that perspective and that's it? Yeah. And I'm like, so what is that adding? Because that is torture porn. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's torture porn without necessarily witnessing Showing. Your, like yeah. visually the scenes of torture. Like she definitely cut that stuff out so that a lot of it you were just hearing and having to use your imagination, which is super creepy. But I think you're right in the way it treated the female characters. It's much more mm. like torture porn where they're just sort of, um, you know, nameless, faceless bodies to be tortured by a killer. Mm. Mm-hmm. That feels very like early 2000s torture porn to yeah. me. So I get I yeah. get where you're coming from. And I think that really could have been solved by that one character just having a little more screen time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer for this a really long time ago. And it alluded to there, a girl being brought in for Rabbit. Yeah. And so I kept waiting for that plot beat to come because I thought that was sort of like the, mm. you know, the the maybe like the, I don't know, act three turn, right? And we yeah, were going to get into sure. like like him keeping her chained and like trying to decide mm. what to do. And that would so, be interesting. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of surprised when it like resolved so quickly. The one detail I did see about this, I did not do a deep dive on this at all, obviously. Um, but I did see that she was beholden to a runtime. Like she yeah, had she to was. deliver the film at a specific. And I'm wondering how much these things could have been expanded. Not that I am a st- I am in favor of 90 minute runtime. <laughs> it is well documented. But I wonder if given 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes, if like fleshing, she would have fled, if those choices would have been made. Like, yeah, it's yeah. possible. You She's, can't prove one negative. Yeah, because you know. she said in interviews that, yeah, she had to keep it to a specific runtime and that she ended up having to cut things that she was pretty sad to lose, including mm. some additional flashback scenes, I believe. Oh, okay. And Maybe that's where it is. Other, yeah. yeah, and some other stuff um, that 
she said that if anybody like <laughs> comes up with the funds, she would love to do a director's cut eventually and put that stuff back in. So oh I, put, I got 20 on it. Let's do it. Right. I know. <laughs> Come on, ladies. We'll just send us that. the footage. We can put it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You edit. Like, <laughs> you'll, okay. We don't have a lot of money, but we're willing to do the labor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad when you're like willing to try and make a movie out of it. Yes. <laughs> Because I do think if you expanded some of these things, like there's interesting stuff here. Yeah. There, I yeah, I don't know. I didn't dislike this movie. No, I, I see. I, I as you guys are talking about it, I'm like kind of being like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. Dis- yeah. yeah, I didn't. But dislike I, felt- it. I didn't think it was great. I thought there were like really good stuff in here. It just mm-hmm. didn't like rise to the level of being great for me. Yeah, I mean there yeah. was. There's stuff that I liked. Like, I thought it was interesting when you got to witness Rabbit kind of vacillating between, like, resisting Bob and, like, not wanting to, you know, have anything to do with the murders or these women's, but then also kind of having to participate in the murders and kind of, like, relenting to Bob because of the situation that he found himself in. I feel like it's interesting to talk about the ways in which you are sort of forced to become almost complicit in the murders, you know, especially yeah. as he got older. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I also did think that the scene with the with the license plate game was chilling, effectively yeah. chilling. There's there's good stuff in here. There's good stuff. Mm. I stand by it. I mean, I know I'm the <laughs> softest of all the judges, but I stand by it. The fact that he finished a whole scrapbook and was like moving on to another one. And it almost didn't seem like that was the first time that he had finished a scrapbook. Yeah. Like just the sheer number yeah. of women that he's been killing is, yeah. I don't know where they fit all of them, honestly. So I want to know sorry, your guys' opinions. Like <laughs> the logistics. <laughs> so That's all I want to know about, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, they're like doing the lie right so like i feel like you bury and then you can kind of like bury over the top of them again yeah yeah i went to that Greyfriar cemetery in scotland and they were like walking us along all these beautiful rolling hills you know at midnight because it's spookier then but there was there was a point where she was like the the guide told us essentially that when Greyfriars cemetery was initially created in the middle ages it was totally flat Oh shit! <laughs> but essentially, yeah. those the plague, are just black plague, bodies. occurred, and mm-hmm. they just yeah, stacked. Wait, them. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and mm-hmm. so that's how you end up with all the rolling hills in that cemetery. So, like, maybe uh, when it started, it was a basement, like a full basement, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just <laughs> now it's a crawl space. <laughs> oh I'm just saying, like, if you want to get into the logistics, all right. So I want to know what you guys think, though, about the end, because the end is somewhat ambiguous, because we hear him sort of dooming some of the rituals that he learned from his uncle. And we know that while the girl lived, we saw her cleaned up, but still laying on the bed. Do we think that he's modeling all of his uncle's behaviors or just clipping out his dead dad's story? Oh, I didn't think Yeah, that I mean, it's I, a good question. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope that that's what it is and that the girl gets to leave or whatever she knows a lot though (laughs) what's that she knows a lot though exactly (laughs) and it kind of seemed like what the movie was saying because he sort of stands outside the house for a minute before going in that like he was sort of resigned like this is the life i've been living i don't know anything else i am gonna live in these four walls yeah Mm. boo what about you emma what did you think yeah, I think I agree. And I think it's as well after having the meeting with his father um, 
he realizes like that's who he truly is. Mm, um, that's a good point. Yeah, biolo- mm. biologically. So um, yeah, going back, but yeah, definitely him not knowing um, how else to live and. Yeah, I don't know. You think that over time he would have slowly succumbed like a little bit. You see a lot of that in movies, especially with women, Um, you know, the whole um, Stockholm Syndrome and all that kind of stuff. But you don't really see that with him. So it was really interesting, the switch and the fact that um, the new wife helped him escape and he just went straight back there. I don't know. I feel like he had a good case as well (laughs) for like... I don't know why you'd be running. You just, yeah, you just have escaped. Bob. He should have just like run out of there. Yeah, told the cops. It couldn't have been a worse life. You know what I mean? I, that's so wild to me that he wouldn't, I don't know, what they were so scared yeah. of. They just found out that he's, they had proof as well that the dad framed and, well, not framed, but like sold him to, um, to, I don't know if the dad thought he was going to be dead. Is that the whole thing? I think so. And um, I think Denofiro yeah. wasn't supposed to keep him. Yeah, keep him. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it makes me uh, wonder if, like, also the fact that he's sort of forced to kill two people ha- didn't, I don't know, like, start the ball him. rolling a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's what I think that they were trying to say for sure. I think that that's what you mean by going back and having that yeah. pause and going in and doing the scrapbooking. But I would like but I think that pause has had, like, a happy life as a farmer yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Farming the dead bodies. But yeah. <laughs> you mean the fertilizer, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think that cause really does say it all, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you but think, Rachel? I also want to believe that like he's just kind of trapped there, but not necessarily gonna kill women, except that you hear him get in the cab. I know. Yeah. Why would he and- return as well? Like well, I mean, what else would I think there's some degree of like where where else would he go? What else would he do? Because you got to remember he was nine. I nine. Don't you go to the police as a missing person? You would think so. Like there's so many I things. I mean, he's so You broken. got anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think sometimes there's like this idea, you know, like there's the obvious things that you would think people would do. But like when they're so traumatized, they're going to be like they're going to do counter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, it's it's literally his world up until he got into the, the cab the like presumably the night before had been these four walls for yeah more than half of his life i mean Um, i I think you can be trapped somewhere and be traumatized long enough that you're in a prison of your own mind at that point like it doesn't even take the four walls you know yeah Mm. yeah so i don't i don't know i feel like it's left intentionally ambiguous because we know that she's still alive and she's been cleaned up but we don't see her leave and we don't mm. see her in the house. We don't see him in the house. We just hear the cutting out of the, the clipping of the, the the newspaper. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Lynch I think said that probably... she left it and intentionally ambiguous okay. for audiences to kind of make their own decision about it. But I feel like she's leading us very strongly in one direction. Yeah, me too. How do you feel about ambiguous endings, Emma? Uh, I like them. I, I really do. I love the fact that we can have um, – different interpretations for films. I think that's really important, depending on the film. Sometimes you want a clear-cut answer, yeah. and sometimes it's, yeah, it's a little bit um, too much. And sometimes you want to believe what you want to believe. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's very true. Regardless <laughs> of the ending. You're like, no, that's not how it ends, I swear. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm all for them, for sure. Have you seen that movie Alone about the woman who's, like, driving by herself? And yeah, she I have. Can- yeah. Someone pointed out to me that, like, over the credits, there's the sound of the creaking of the someone walking overhead and that oh. they believe that like everything post her getting out 
was just fantasy. And I'm like, oh. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that too. <laughs> it was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, awesome. All right. Well, any other thoughts about this movie before we wrap it up? Because I know we've we've kept you for a long time. Not that I'm complaining. It's been fun. <laughs> no, I just, I, as much as I speak negatively on it, um, yeah, I still enjoyed watching it, to be fair. I like dark stuff and I like when people push the envelope. It was just very interesting because I feel like I uh, we're meant to be like picking a film from a female director and then I pick this film and I'm like, I don't agree with any of the choices as a woman and how it's presenting women. I mean, it makes so it's just discussion. a really interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I agree. There's a lot of things that like didn't quite work for me, but there's enough here that I really did enjoy that. I would feel totally comfortable recommending people give it a shot, especially because it's on Tubi. I mean, mm. very yeah, low yeah. entrance fee. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to recommend it to all all my weirdo friends that like a good feel-bad movie. <laughs> I would call this a good feel-bad movie because yeah. it makes you feel real bad, but it does a good job at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. if that's the sensation you seek, then I think that you are going to have a good time good time with uh with chained and jennifer lynch continues to be an interesting filmmaker whether you like her movies or not yeah i mean interesting both this and boxing helena like i said i felt really mixed about both of them where it's like there's stuff i really like and stuff i really didn't like in both of those movies but it makes for an interesting film to talk about and it's kind of like Mm -hmm. i'm so glad that she's had such a successful career in television because she's very Mm. been very prolific like the number of episodes she's directed she's been working really steadily for years now um which is super cool but it when you're directing for a tv show it really like the tone and the storyline all that kind of stuff is really set in stone already there's not Mm -hmm. like you don't get to make as many creative decisions i feel like i mean maybe i'm wrong i'm not a director but like (laughs) with feature length films i just i wish we could get another one from her now you know especially Mm -hmm. one that she wrote and directed i'd be very curious to see what she does yeah, and maybe spending more time on set doing these TV shows that are, this sounds like such a firm, but like highly successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She might have a better, because it just sounds like, especially with what you were talking about with the Bollywood kind of film, like that just sounds like a disaster and it sounds like yeah. it's mm-hmm. always been fraught that way. So it'd be interesting to do something that. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, with really, those experiences, yeah, with. if I was successful on TV, I probably wouldn't want to go back to film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know what would be interesting too is I feel that the film industry has changed drastically. True. Yeah. Four women directors since Mm -hmm. 2012, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, that was 11 years ago. I realize it's not that long ago, but having done the show and talked to a lot of women directors, like the struggle continues to be real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's different. It is Mm -hmm. getting better. And, I think she also has a lot more network, a lot more resources than some of these like indie directors that we've spoken to. Mm. And so I wonder if her experience would be different and that we'd be able to like really see an unfiltered version of her voice now. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool because a lot of women Mm -hmm. directors, I mean, this was 2012, like you said, but like 70s, 80s, 90s, if their film wasn't like a perfect success, automatically like either written off into obscurity or relegated to proof TV that women cannot directing. make horror films right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. or they end up in tv directing like she did it's a very like mm-hmm. common yeah. trajectory that we keep seeing repeated over and over again yeah. yeah and unlike this film it'd be really good to see her co- coming back from her like own perspective for once and yeah. her own actual story um mm-hmm. yeah i think she has probably has a lot more stories to tell and 
yeah. As you're saying, using those contacts to maybe flesh them out a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, I could get some of that Ryan Murphy money. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. Awesome. Listeners at home, what did you think? Did you like it? Did you agree with us? Uh, I mean, I guess you can't agree with all of us because we were all over the place. <laughs> Pick a favorite. I don't know. If whatever you want to do, you can always drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com or come chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page or slide into the DMs at ZG Podcasts, that's ZG Podcasts, plural, on Instagram and Twitter. If you like the show, do the thing. Leave the review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And uh, if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, check out our VOD and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com. And yeah, if you want to support us, we got merch, zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And of course, the Patreon where you get extended episodes, bonus episodes. Um, you get to hang out on the Discord with us, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out. So that just leaves our plans for the next episode. Ariel, is whose turn is it? Is it my turn? Is it your turn? I think we I got it. skipped an episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching on the next episode for people who want to play along? All right. So for the next one, we have a very special guest again coming. Patrick from Scream Queens is yes. coming to celebrate Pride with us. It'll be our Pride episode. And so he picked Make-A-Wish from 2002, which I had never even heard about. It's directed by Sharon Fernandi. And it was billed as the first slasher movie made by lesbians for lesbians. Oh, so hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to watch that. I, th- I thought it was the weird genie movie starring. <laughs> oh, that's what I was like, for pride? Okay. <laughs> I should have been more clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. I am so excited. Patrick is amazing. Love me some Pride Month. That is awesome. Oh, Emma. This has been amazing. This has been I we've been looking forward to this. We've been trying to make it happen for a long time and it was totally worth the wait. You are fantastic. I had so much fun. I hope this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship and collaboration <laughs> because we would be delighted to have you back whenever you want to come back. Oh you God, have an open that. invitation. Yeah, this was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Yeah. I could talk to you guys all day. (laughs) Oh, well, hopefully you will, because like I said, we're doing this again. So where can people find you? Tell us where to find your YouTube channel, where to find your social media. Like, how can they become the number one fan? Number two. I'm number one. Right over here. Oh, right. Sorry. Number two. Number two. Number two. (laughs) Well, it's just Spooky Astronauts on YouTube. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram a lot. I, I do a lot of posting on the stories <laughs> a bit too much um and i'm always live on instagram as well i do lives every week so that's where you want to hang out but mostly on youtube um and then yeah i have a patreon just spooky astronauts on patreon and then same deal as you guys i guess i have a access to the discord all that good stuff so that's all the bonus stuff but yes on youtube twice a week every week Yes. Get into it. Smash the like button. Hit the bell. Do all the things because you need more spooky astronauts in your life. Like, like we have to tell you that. A, you're probably already watching. And B, you've now been introduced to her and you're, I'm sure, obsessed because who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? All right. Ariel, on that note, take us out. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of More Deadly. We hope you liked our interesting uh differing opinion <laughs> review of chain Spicy. <laughs> we had a good time thank you to emma for coming on the show we really appreciate it unless you're sticking around for the extended episode patrons that's it for us we'll be back next time bye everybody bye everybody bye.
Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Meade. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Ariel, yes, we have the best guests. I know, I know. I she always feel girl. I'm such a nerd, <laughs> and I can never, ever, ever, ever be cool. But the thing is, is we don't have people on the show unless we think they're amazing, right? You know? I yeah, we talk about like who would we want on the show, and we're just talking right. about people that we're like fans of, essentially. Right. I mean, like I know, like say you're like a big famous show person and you have a booker and they like pick people for you for like based on a lot of different reasons like they're popular they have a project coming up or blah 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 blah. like we're picking people based on who we think is cool (laughs) so like that that is a hundred percent the entire like i know and i was not lying about how long i have been watching oh i remember I, I remember because yeah when you were like I talked to this Australian YouTuber and I horror YouTuber and I was like oh, she's really cool spooky astronauts like, <laughs> yes 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 I was like yes that's how it was <laughs> but yeah she's lovely so smart yeah. so funny um knows knows her genre like oh, no just kidding. totally like a rad spooky babe like that is my favorite my favorite is finding other really awesome cool women that love the thing that we love yeah i'm so glad you also thought to add the like movies you're sleeping on question because we've gotten like a lot of good recommendations that way of movies that i haven't seen so yeah so what was it low and there was another one that sounded oh good manners which i keep getting recommended to me on shutter oh interesting but i like i it it the poster is like a hand and a hairy hand but it's like kind of like kind of like art like a a drawing but it's kind of like um i don't even know what you would call the art style but kind of like really like high femme art style and i was just like this is a weird weird thing and i just never you know whatever so when she said it i was like oh shit i keep getting that recommended to me i guess i should listen to shutter more often (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was super super fun and i thought I know you guys didn't totally love the movie, but I thought it was like interesting and it led to a really interesting conversation about it. The conversation was great. I thought that went really well. It was an interesting movie to talk about for sure. Yeah, for sure. And a fun person to talk about it with. I hope, I do hope she comes back. I want to do more stuff with Emma. She's rad. Even though I know the time difference is tough. She's worth it. She's worth it. All right. (laughs) So it was my turn to plan the extended episode yes and as we know you're better at this because (laughs) you are a full grown-ass adult who can like remember to do things and i'm always like oh shit (laughs) like three minutes before i'm like trying to do the homework this time i actually did a little bit of homework so you know I was on the social medias. Okay. And there's always like all the clickbait that is on there. But occasionally the clickbait is spooky stories. So I said, Rachel, someday that spooky story collection is going to come in handy for you. Okay. And so I bookmarked it. And then today I was like, I'm going to, and it's a long list of like stories from Reddit. These are all Reddit stories. And it's like the, the, actual article is like times people thought they were living in a horror movie so like there are some like brushes with death people who listen to the zombie or the stream queens will soon hear more of these stories on the next episode (laughs) where we cover 
Final it Final Destination three. Nice. Or I guess two. We're on yeah, three. No, no three. three. We're on three. Yeah. Um sorry, my life is a mess and I can't remember things. Um so but I thought I would pick ones that were kind of like sort of chained adjacent. Okay. Not don't worry, like none of this is like requiring any major trigger warnings besides like real life creepy shit. Okay. Um, but they are like Potential brushes with serial killer, like Bob-like characters. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. I'm ready. So I'm going to read them to you, and these are from Reddit. Um, and you can, and then I'll just kind of get your your take on it. Does that sound fun? Yeah, let's do it. I always like when you do these with Mars on Stream Queens. They're fun to edit, the ones you oh. do. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Hopefully they're fun to listen to for the listeners, because we're going to be getting a lot of these, because there was like over 100 of these stories. Oh, my gosh. Like, Many okay. of these will come in handy in the yes. coming, in the months to come. Every time it's my turn, I'll be like, so. <laughs> More creepy stories. So this one's called Late Night Visitor. Okay. How do you feel about that so far? I mean, I'm not loving it. That sounds creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to know on a scale from one to ten on all of these, like how likely that you think this is to happen to you at some point. <laughs> okay. Okay. One night around three in the morning, I was fast asleep with my ex-boyfriend next to me. All of a sudden, I heard a voice inside my house asking if anyone was home. 